Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pro Wrestling World Talks. As always, I'm John, joined by my co-host, Dan. Dan, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, John. How are you? I'm doing friggin' fantastic, just keeping warm. I think we were all talking in the pre-show how uh, that cold, wet, freezing cold is here now. It's not so uh, warm as it was trying to be, but tonight we have a fantastic guest. She is the co-owner of WrestleCore. She's an accomplished wrestler on her own, a former burlesque dancer, and she is the all-star woman's wrestling world champion. Her movie, Portraits from a Fire, took home five Leo Awards. Everyone, please welcome Calamity Kate. Hello. I'm well. How are you? Doing pretty well. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Of course, and I know you are feeling a little bit under the weather, so I do really appreciate it uh, keeping the uh, the booking for us. Thanks. I think something's going around because everyone I know is sick right now. It's true. Uh, I know a couple of my friends just got over like the bronchial infection, oh. so it just seems it's in the water, I think. Well, if I say something dumb, it's because I'm sick and not because I'm dumb, right? <laughs> of course. You know, we'll just cut it in post. That'll be it. Yeah, there you go. But uh, so, Dan, why don't you get us started tonight? So, what made you want to get into pro wrestling? Like um, your in early influence that made you like pro wrestling to be like, I really want to do this. I remember as a young, young girl, um, my boy cousins were really into wrestling and that like this was the day when like Hulk Hogan like we had Hulk Hogan bubble bath and it was like I wish we still had it but it was like a Hulk Hogan figure and you like twist his head off and then like pour the bubble like I don't know if you guys remember <laughs> that I do I do remember though I do yeah. remember that yeah so that those were like my early introductions to wrestling and my sister, Taryn from accounting, do you know her? Yes, we interviewed, we interviewed her. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah, so she was always really into wrestling and I made fun of her. <laughs> we laugh about it now because I, well, I made fun of her for everything, first of all, but I made fun of her for that. And um, I wish I would have been into it at that time. Um, and then I remember like in high school and stuff like, high school boyfriends would be like suplex and they would like try to give me wrestling moves and I was like what is going on like what's a suplex like what um so yeah I came into wrestling a bit later in life and again it's it's really unfortunate because I don't think I really appreciated it um the way I should have earlier on um so I got into wrestling through burlesque believe it or not um, I, my troop, the lost girls, we were asked to do a bit of wrestling training for, uh, a wrestling burlesque show. And I was like, I don't know. Um, but then I ended up going to the training. It was, was with Kenny Lush and like the minute I stepped foot in the ring and like, I learned how to do like a splash in the corner and like all these things. I was like, wow, like this is what I've been looking for in my life. I did Taekwondo as a kid and I did like, um, like sparring Taekwondo. So I, 
there was something in me that missed that kind of like I don't know how like how you release some like some frustrations or energy like physically and so I found that in wrestling and then I kept training and then I started watching and learning more about wrestling and wrestling history and like really appreciating it for what it is like the athleticism the story the character the costumes like it's a it's theater it's an art form and um you know me being a film producer director it that actually it goes hand in hand in a way absolutely and actually taryn when she was on she she threw some she threw some shade saying that wrestling was her thing but yet you got into it before she did yeah that bitch well yeah it was her thing and then i started training and i said to her why don't you get into wrestling training you're the one that has always been into wrestling she's like no i could never do that no and then she ended up training and then like and you guys were both a little bit older than traditionally most yeah we get into the product well, where we grew up was a really small town in Alberta. And like, we had nothing like this. So we weren't exposed to any wrestling schools. Like that wasn't a reality that we knew of. And we didn't know anyone in any wrestling schools. So like, I didn't know wrestling schools existed basically. Yeah, it's too bad. But how have you, um, how has the transition been? Cause you said, you were a burlesque dancer. So how do you tie that whole world together uh, with wrestling? Because it is entertainment. Yeah, it's an, I think there is like a common ground there. Like I like to think of burlesque. Well, if you're performing as a female, like burlesque is like a caricature of a woman, right? Like big eyelashes, big hair, um, you know, like cinched waist, you know what I mean? Like an exaggerated version of a woman. And if you think about traditional wrestling and you think about, um, especially like back in the day, like wrestling was like almost a caricature of a man. So like big muscles, big and tall, big, you know, macho fighting people. I mean, obviously it's changed and it's a bit more gender fluid now, but um, so there's like that aspect, but also there's the performance aspect. There's the physicality, um, having danced my entire life and, um, been, uh, I was a yoga instructor. And so like getting to know your body and kind of how your body moves and how to push your body. I feel like that also helped me because I see a lot of people try to get into wrestling, but they don't really know their bodies. They don't know how to control their bodies. And I think that's really important. Absolutely. And uh, Dan, I know that this is something that you had ideas about, but with intergender matches, right? Yeah. Oh. Um, it is a controversial topic. Well, not controversial, more of a polarizing issue. Um, some people are for it. Some people are against it. What is your opinion of intergender matches? Love it. For it. Uh, I can see why people are against it, but I mean, come on, kayfabe, kayfabe's kind of gone now. And yeah. I've, you know, I've seen like Rey Mysterio, who's shorter than me, like fight <laughs> tall guys. So 
I mean, if I'm to believe that, then why can't I believe that a woman can kick a man's butt? But also I think it's like the way you do the match. I mean, if you're a smaller and weaker, quote unquote, weaker opponent, but maybe you like use the ring or your brain, right? To your advantage to beat your your bigger opponent. So I think like if you can structure it that like the story that way, then I it's believable, but also I feel like it's empowering for women to get in the ring with men. Um, it's empowering for us to be considered like at a more level playing field. And even though I don't have big muscles, like maybe I can do something else to, to like kick your butt. You know what I mean? So I think that it's a great thing. And I think that, you know, women are only getting better technically and they're getting stronger. And I, you know, it's not the fifties anymore. Uh, I think there's a place for women in the ring with men. And where do you see like technical women nowadays? Like, who do you look at? And cause I look at someone like Rhea Ripley and she's mm-hmm. massive. Yeah. She's a big, big built woman. Um, so she's quote unquote believable, you know, many right. would say, but you see someone like, uh, Sasha Banks or Bailey or, uh, Jamie Hayter, for instance, they're actually good wrestlers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So who do you see like around um, maybe even just the Indies in Canada that you say this, that's amazing? Well, I mean, I one of my trainers at Lionsgate Dojo, Nicole Matthews, is like so knowledgeable and so good technically. And like every time I see her in an intergender match, I wholly believe it. Uh, so she's someone I would, you know, I'd consider, I, I think like Giselle Shaw, who's also like so strong, but like can do like incredible like flips and uh, moves and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot. I, I don't really consider myself like a technical wrestler. I consider myself more of like a showman, which I think there's a space for both types of wrestling because it's entertainment at the end of the day. Um, yeah. And I think that plays more into your burlesque, right? The yeah, exactly. Aspect. Yeah. And then, let's see here. You're also the co-owner of WrestleCore. I am. Talk to us, because you, you wrestle there and then you're behind the scenes as well. Do you plan the matches? Are you working with the female talent? Um, are you helping book the events? Um, so since I've had my baby, I've had to step back, um, before I was doing like all the, the, uh, videos that we play at the show and the promo videos and like doing a lot of the music selection. I'm not doing any of that stuff anymore. I'm like, I'm giving my opinions, basically giving a lot of opinions. And I mean, Cobra Kai himself, he's a pretty amazing human being. I mean, you know, when we had him on the show, I don't think my side still have recovered from uh, quite the quite the amount of humor he has. Um, but how do you balance being a mother with also being a wrestler? 
Yeah, well, Cobra uh, Kai is an amazing human and a really sweet, genuine person. I think sometimes too sweet. Tell him like not to be so nice. <laughs> people take advantage of that. But um, yeah, so being a mother and wrestling was like, I never thought I could be a wrestler and a mother at the same time. And I remember, um, did you ever see um, Total Bellas, that show? Yes. Um, I, forget I shouldn't what... admit this, but I have. <laughs> reality. So I, of course, was watching it. And um, who had the baby first? Was it Brie or? They, they were pregnant at the same time, weren't they? No. One of them had a baby first. I can't remember. So so Brie had the baby first, and then they, I thought they had a second child. Oh, they did have a second child. Were... Oh, yeah. right. Okay. So that when Brie had her first child... <laughs> sorry they like they felt they showed her on the show like getting back in the ring for the first time and like she couldn't even like she could barely do a roll and I was thinking like what a loser she can't do a roll like that's so easy and then I remember like because I had a c-section so after the six weeks I, I came back to training and I remember like not being able to do a roll like rolls were like the thing I was the best at like and so like realizing actually how much rehabilitation I had to do on my body and I'm still trying to do it um so that was a big wake-up call it's been definitely difficult to juggle um motherhood with wrestling like I can't make it to training as often as I would have as a single person or a childless person um and again, like rehabbing my body and then also just taking that big chunk of time off and, and kind of having to start almost from square one and relearning things. So it's been difficult, but luckily I have a great partner, Cobra Kai, who is really supportive. He sometimes brings our son to watch my matches. Um, yeah, he's been great. And he's just been helping me book my matches in a way that you know I can I can work them with like some of my limitations now but I think I I started like back wrestling way too early but I just kept on getting bookings and I didn't want to say no but I wasn't ready so now I'm trying to not take on as many bookings and just trying to train and, and get back into it but um, definitely want to let other women out there know that it's possible to be a mom and to wrestle. And it's been great. We've seen that with Becky Lynch, who's back in the ring. Uh, we've seen that with, you know, quite a few women now. And it's really inspiring. It is. It's very inspiring. And I know you talked about the support uh, from Cobra with your son. But how, how much does support mean to you, just like having him there, uh, your son that is, watching your matches, even if he doesn't really understand it, but you, do, you, know, you can have that. I mean, a lot of women who are traveling wrestlers yeah. don't really get that opportunity because unfortunately they have to leave one or the other, right? Yeah. Well, that's an interesting thing because um, I know we'll probably talk more about this down the line, but I'm, I'm doing that documentary on Luna Vachon called lunatic and um 
a lot of people don't realize that she had two children and um, her mother, her mom, I believe, raised the, the, her two sons while she wrestled. And it was the same thing. Like she had to kind of choose like pursuing her dream or being a mom and like a stay at home mom. And I think that, you know, she, she like couldn't give up wrestling and uh, it definitely, it's like made me understand her perspective a little more now that I have a kid. And I think that really just falls on to a lot of cultural differences that exist right. where maybe back when Luna had those, her children, those children, geez, her <laughs> children, um, it was more dependent on the mom to be that role in the child's life, you know, the dad would go to work you know mom would stay home raise the kids right and now it's definitely a split responsibility each way um, yeah and I really I love that personally but I do too and like I wonder like because you think about it since the dawn of wrestling like men would have children but then they'd be on the road and just seeing their children ever so often and like that was never questioned but then when it's a yep. woman that's questioned. And so, yeah, I'm trying to sort out a balance for myself, even with, with my filmmaking and my wrestling work. It's like, I can go away for a couple of days. My husband's like holding down the fort and then, you know, come back, be a mom and then go away again. <laughs> and that's incredible. And I know you did bring up uh, your Luna Vachon do documentary, Lunatic. But um, you are also an accomplished filmmaker with your movie Portraits from a Fire, taking home five Leo Awards, as I mentioned earlier. So for one, we joked about in uh, pre-show that many people won't know what a Leo Award is. So why don't you fill us in on that? And then also talk about uh, your role in filmmaking as a producer. Oh, sure. Yeah, sorry. Talk about what What was the second part? Just your, your, your role as a producer, oh. you know, making these movies and... Because uh, they're not simple documentaries. These yeah. are very complex issues you tackle. Yeah, so Portraits from a Fire, um, I produced. We filmed it on um, a reserve up north, well, about eight hours north of Vancouver, called Anaheim. And um, it's about a young Indigenous boy who uh, comes... He's, he's like a young little filmmaker and he comes across his like um, an old uh, videotape in his dad's drawer, which like unleashes a dark family secret, but the film's full of humor and heart and drama. Um, so yeah, I was lucky to be a part of that team um, with Trevor Mack, who's uh, a Chilcotin filmmaker. Um, and that film did really well. It, it, yeah, won a bunch of awards. The Leo Awards are like the British Columbia Film Awards. Um, but it, it won other awards. It just screened at the um, Harvard Art Museum, which is the closest I'll ever get to going to Harvard. <laughs> I've filmed at Harvard twice and now my film has screened there, but I'll never attend it at university, I'm sure of it. Um, and then, yeah, I received funding from Telefilm Canada and Telefilm is our 
um, like the Canadian funding agency. So they pick like the best, like, I don't know, six documentaries out of the entire country and they, they give you funding to make it. So like, if you receive telefilm financing, it really legitimizes your project. So I was lucky enough to get telefilm for Lunatic. And I've filmed with Luna's father, Paul the Butcher. We filmed on his birthday in Quebec. It was such a beautiful moment. Um, and I've, I've filmed interviews with, uh, with Gangrel and Medusa and Missy Hyatt, Kevin Sullivan, to name a few, Jacqueline Moore. Um, and I'm still in the process of filming. So also if anyone has any stories they wanna share about her, if they have any photos or anything they wanna share about Luna, please reach out to me on social media, Calamity Kate Showgirl on Instagram or Calamity Kate on Facebook um, or my company website, Black Moon Media, because I'm just trying to gather as much information as I can. So the film, that documentary chronicles Luna and her life, but also like through that, we, we see like the arc of women's wrestling and like the progression of women's wrestling, like all the way from her aunt Vivian Vachon to now. Sorry, I have to cough. Ah, okay. Run it, it out. And um, and also, you know, Luna suffered with bipolar disorder and addiction, and probably from concussions. So, you know, we also look at those issues because they plague our industry, and we need to start talking about it. We need to start talking about mental health. And I would like, I keep wondering if in 2004, when Luna passed away like if we were talking about it if there was like more help available like would things have turned out differently for her I don't know and I wonder that too because she was I mean a heck of a talent back when women didn't exactly have a voice besides like maybe Bull Nakano you know and some of the Japanese talent at that time I really want to interview Bull by the way China yeah China was amazing even China's story is so sad. How they like yeah. feminized her. You know what I mean? Well, you know, it, it, it's almost like she wanted to be not a sexual object, but yeah. played into being a sexual object. You know, she did like the Playboy thing and yeah. uh, some things at the end of her career. Um, so it's. I don't know. It, oh, they hard. objectified her. It was interesting. I um, there's a documentary that I watched at the Whistler Film Festival last week um, called "Out in the Rain," mm-hmm. and there's like a section about China, and like they show like the progression of photos during her time at WWE, and like you see her as like this really big, muscly like the China that we think about, and then and how like, the world, yeah, and then like how like physically she just like changed to be like fit that like sexy mold that like I think maybe WWE like expected her to fit I don't know like what went on there if that was her decision but that like seeing the the progression of those photos like really made me realize like yeah they really tried to change her um and I think that happened to Luna too I think um 
she she's sexy in her own way but she wasn't like that traditional you know tna kind of tits and ass kind of mud wrestling girl <laughs> and uh jim think, Cornette did not like her well i have my own opinions about jim Cornette. <laughs> he does not like mud show wrestling he doesn't like a lot of things to do with women <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> but, you know, I think it is sad with China because that's another person. It was a couple years later than Luna yeah. when she passed away. Was it still just a bit too early for this conversation? It's wild to think that eight years ago we weren't even talking about Isn't mental it? health in a productive way where now they have a hotline number you can call you know just like 911 um, yeah well there's also the like tag me in initiative which like gail kim and trish stratus were part of um ref aubrey from aew has been open about her struggles with bipolar disorder so like now we're seeing the conversation happen i mean it's happening at the same time as the speaking out movement and um is great because I will tell you, Medusa had some crazy stories about being a woman in WWE. Like men shitting in their lunch boxes, like their food containers. Oh yeah, that's been well documented over the years. Yeah, there's Certain more. Challenge. Oh, sorry. No, no don't apologize. <laughs> you doing okay? Documentary, you'll see. Yeah, I think I think yeah, yeah. a lot of I think the business a lot of um, sorry to interrupt John. Uh, I think the business is there's a lot of tragedy I think that has happened that was avoidable um, of not happening, and especially it's happened in the last twenty to twenty five years. I mean, you think about that documentary that came out on HBO, the Real Sports Interview, which. Pretty, it's turning 20 next year. Is that the but, one with Bob Costas? Uh, the one with um, Vince where he put, put the, where he threw the papers out of the guy's hand. Um, where, and it was the one that got Roddy Piper fired uh, because he just talked about everybody who had passed away before the age of 50. And to think about all the people that's, happened, that's passed away in the last 20 years also. Yeah. Um, you know, the last 40 years, it, it's been a business that definitely needed to get cleaned up. Uh, mental health wise, it needed to get cleaned up with a lot of things that were happening behind the scenes, especially with Vince now being out with his <clears throat> allegations, quote unquote. Um, and it's definitely something positive that I think that you're trying to bring with the uh, with the documentary that you're talking about, and the subject matter. Uh, because Luna is definitely somebody I think that was a trailblazer for women. Doesn't get her due, doesn't get credit. Um, because I think feel like that she kind of got forgotten, never really got a championship run in the big company, which she deserved rightfully. I know Medusa tried to get her a, uh, tried to at least give her the belt once. Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I mean, speaking with Gangrel, I think also. Do you think some of her like mental health issues stood in her way as well? 
but um yeah definitely something else i'm tackling in the documentary is all these wrestlers dying young all these incredible incredible people going way too early and and why um and you know kevin sullivan talks about the toll that you know wrestling every single day of the year like traveling wrestling all the time it takes on you and then you try and like compensate for the pain with painkillers and then it you know it turns into that it turns into this and that and then a party and uh, <laughs> cycle and from what I hear like WWE is actually um getting treatment now for wrestlers I don't know a lot about that but I've I've heard it that which I think is great well I know they did Scott Hall for a long time right with rehabilitation and uh, same with yeah. Jake Roberts I think they even did Jake Roberts for rehab and I could be entirely off base here. Um, maybe when he was still with AEW, they did something oh, maybe really? for rehab, but maybe for medical expenses. Cause I know he oh. has been going through a lot uh, medically. Yes. Uh, but I want to say they paid for that even when he was still with AEW. Oh, I but. should, I should ask him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I will find out. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, because that might be like something that we should talk about is the positives, you know, out of what's, you know, the tragedies. There's there's always a silver lining in there. And I know you guys have a direct conversation with Jake Roberts. Uh, we interviewed uh, Sin a couple weeks oh, did ago. You? Yeah. Oh, well, that was so good. Really? He's a character, Sin. Yeah. He is, uh, you know, he was another one, just like your husband. He's a salt of the earth kind of guy, just real yeah. sweetheart. And, um, yeah, we ended up asking him too. We were like, how long do you have? And he said it was something like an hour, you know, everyone says an hour and then it goes for three hours, you oh know? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I probably should go. My, my wife just got home and, uh, they were <laughs> getting ready for dinner and he's like, yeah, you probably should go now. Oh, you that's know, hilarious. God. Yeah, no, Sin's awesome. It's funny. He and Cobra are so similar, but so different. <laughs> really funny. Uh, but when our son met Sin for the first time, he like, he, he just fell in love with him because there was something about him that was so familiar, like his dad. Mm -hmm. That was really sweet. But um, Jake is set to star in one of my movies called Red Wings. So I've been chatting with him and really sweet and really generous. And how happy does it make you to see how well he's doing in AEW with Lance Archer, just almost reintroducing himself to a whole new generation, um, you know, because their fathers, their parents were Jake Robert fans growing up. And yeah. now their kids are Jake Robert fans. And I, uh, I love it. That's cool. Yeah. I think it's really, really cool. So then, um, let's talk a little bit more about WrestleCorp. Sure. So you guys have an event coming up in January, correct? I'm just telling Cobra Kai not to burp in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Let it out, brother. Come on. We're a little bit classy. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah, so we have an event called Destroy Wrestling, January 20th at the Rickshaw Theater here in Vancouver. Um, we have a really amazing, well, we're still confirming the bands, but um, I have this really cool band named Flatboy who's on board and uh, they're just so cool. And the, the drummer is Tony Dallas from Fake Shark Real Zombie. I don't know if you know of that band, but I'm like a huge fan. So, um, so yeah, basically it's wrestling and mu live music. And um, a lot of people said it couldn't be done, but we've done it and it's so much fun and it's just wild. Um, and we have Funny Bone coming in from Las Vegas for that show. And how excited are you? Because last time we talked with Cobra, uh, you guys were getting ready to do the Horon Hastings show, right. which I can't wait to see. Uh, I know you just told us that it was going live on YouTube. It was awesome. Uh, so definitely check that out um, for anyone listening. But how how was that show? And it tell was us, so us. much fun. I mean, I did. I decided not to wrestle on that show because I, again, I just I'm trying to just train more before I, I do a lot of shows. But also, there's just so much going on behind the scenes. It's so stressful for me to do a match and like oversee kind of what's going on with the show. So, um, but it was so amazing. Like I'm just trying to think of some highlights. Um, didn't Cobra come out of retirement for a little bit? Cobra Kai fought the Invisible Man and it was epic. It was like basically just Cobra Kai. Well, that's basically what it was, yeah, what it was, because there really wasn't an Invisible Man, but you would have never known that. I mean, there was. Yes, there was. Um, and it was so interesting, like how the match like progressed and how like realistic it looked. It was like a really good um you know, like there's that saying that if you're a really good wrestler, you could wrestle a broomstick. And like, that was like um, a workshop in how to, like, it doesn't matter how bad your opponent is. If you're a good wrestler, you can make it look good. Um, I also uh, want to give a shout out to Bambi Hall and uh, Elliot Tyler. They did a Annabelle versus Chucky match. <laughs> And Tyler was dressed up as Annabelle and Bambi was dressed up as Chucky. It was really <laughs> fun. Um, Nicole Matthews and Sharif did a Candyman match. So yeah, we had some pretty fun matches. That does sound like a lot of fun and um, I can't wait to watch it personally. Uh, I know I'm a big, I'm a big horror guy. Um, Are you? And uh I'm interested to see what you guys came up with because there's a lot to do in the horror world. I mean, yeah, a lot of IPs to use and a lot of gimmicks unturned. Yes. Um, and so I know we're going to have Cobra back on here at some point, but how did it feel for you to see him back in the ring? Cause last we talked with him, that wasn't something he was thinking about. Well, I was terrified for him. Because I, if he gets hurt, that means I'm taking care of a baby by myself. <laughs> so selfishly, I was terrified. But um, it was so cool to see him back in the ring. I mean, that's what he loves to do. And it's so sad when 
you're a wrestler and you're not ready to stop wrestling, but your body forces you to. And uh, I, I know how difficult that is. And there's um, a woman's wrestler here in Vancouver, Raven Lake, and she's talked to me a lot about that. She kind of had the same issue where her doctor told her she wasn't allowed to wrestle anymore. And you're, you're just not ready. And it's, so it's not your decision to stop. And I think that that can be really painful emotionally. Um, so it was nice to see Steve back, quit burping back in there too. This is what I have to live with you guys. There's any cute single guys out there who like want to not there. burp, hit there me up. <laughs> yeah, if they show up to the house, they'll just get stretched. <laughs> <laughs> they have to do rolls to get in the home. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do a roll. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I was really happy for him. <laughs> And I was happy to see that because uh, I didn't know if he double-crossed us or it was just something to kind of spur the moment. But, um, you know, I, w I was really happy to see that because I know that close personal family friends of yours, uh, Edge and Christian, uh, also had their bodies go through something pretty bad where they had to quit for a long time. And they've had great career resurgences. So it's really cool, you know, to see him do his thing again. Um does he have any events for the future planned? No, no. And I won't let him. I had to like, when he stopped wrestling, basically I had to reach out to the promoter that was booking him. And I was like, you're not allowed to book him anymore. Like, I had to draw the line. But he's the promoter. Well, no, I've reached out to the, like before that. Well, he's the promoter, oh. but I'm the co-owner. <laughs> yeah. But before WrestleCore, when he, Steve was, wrestling but starting to not wrestle as much i had to be like to the promoters like you're not allowed to book him anymore so and he knows he knows i, I thought i thought you were gonna say that you reach out to the promoter of wrestlecore to oh. let him know not to book him and well, i was gonna I'm, say that would be too fun i have i've reached out to steve and i've told him you're not allowed because then i have to hear about it for weeks how sore you are well, but the Invisible like, Man, he does a number on anyone he wrestles. He does, yeah. He's kicking butt. But it's too bad because Steve's actually like technically one of the best wrestlers I know. Well, speaking about another technical wrestler, uh, <laughs> I mean, this kind of ties in with your sister, but Michael Richard Blaze. Oh my God, uh, I love him. So good. He's like... He should be like on AEW or, you know, like he should be signed somewhere. Yeah. Let's get the petition. So he started. saved you. I take it he saved you. Oh, I am joining that cult. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've learned a lot from him too. And obviously, like, look at how well Taryn's done training with him. Like, yeah, no, so she good. gives him a lot of credit. Yeah. He, and it's true. Like, so lucky to have had that even like during the pandemic when we had no wrestling training here they were still like kind of quarantining together and training together in Edmonton so it's like it, everything stopped like for a year here but they were able to keep training and progressing which so happy for them but uh like aside from being an incredible wrestler he's also the sweetest human ever he is yeah. he's another one of those I mean 
we tried to uh when we interviewed him which i think we're actually having him back on very soon i think it's like next week um i think it's next week but when we interviewed him you know we he plays the heel role of course yeah and uh we tried to we tried to keep it that way and it's just impossible because his genuine kind heart comes through and we're like damn it yeah. i want to hate you but you're so likable <laughs> he's so good at playing the heel yeah <laughs> he's so likable and his brother stephen crow who i'm also in love with yeah can you get us a uh, interview with stephen we're trying to to get through to him oh you can't get through to him i think it's in the works yeah i think okay. it's in the works but well let me know if you need help i love Sounds his good. Like the pink cowboy thing and the rhinestone cowboy like the song. The rhinestone cowboy, yeah. 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 I think Taryn said that that was uh, one of her dream matches and she did get to have it, but um, she wants to wrestle him forever, I think she said. Oh, yeah, they're besties. And so, how do you feel about your sister wrestling? Because, you know, she got into the business later than you, but. Who's the better wrestler? Her. That was Her. that was no no business at all. Yeah, no, definitely. But she's been training so much more than me, and like, yeah, she's and she's yeah, she's been given like she's been wrestling a lot, like a lot of matches, and she's got the passion for it. Yeah but you are the all-star women's wrestling champion. I am. How does that, how does that honor feel? Is that your first belt? What was your first belt? Yeah, that was my first belt. I was supposed to get a belt in Wales, but the, sh the show got canceled. <laughs> Pandemic. Wait, did I just blow kayfabe? Oops. <laughs> um, yeah, I got, uh, that was my first belt and, uh, it's super awesome because, you know, I got into wrestling through all-star, you know, that's, I started training with all-star with Cobra Kai and the great Kasaki and Michelle star disco fury. So, um, definitely an honor to hold their title belt. And even if I lose the belt, I'm still always the champion. <laughs> Is that how it works? You're, you're never losing, even if you lose. Exactly. I'm always there to rock and roll. <laughs> so then uh, another show you guys have coming up is the Vancouver Warriors versus Russell Court, and they're the lacrosse team, right? Yeah. So lacrosse is Canada's national sport. Fun fact, not hockey, not hockey. Think, but it's lacrosse. Um. And uh, yeah, so the Vancouver Warriors are part of the Vancouver Canucks franchise. And um, they play in Rogers Arena, the same arena where the Canucks play. And um, yeah, they've asked WrestleCore to do a special wrestling event um, in association with one of their games. So we're gonna build a ring in the field and we have the Bollywood Boys, State of Emergency, Taryn from Accounting, Michael Richard Blaze. Oh, Greg Sharp. Oh, who I love. He's so amazing. 
um, yeah, Greg Sharp at um, Elton. We have Trish Stratus coming out, who's like that's pretty insane. I love her. Yeah, and like, and how does something like that come through? Because she's so closely tied with the WWE. You know, even if she's in a Legends deal, I think she was. She might be even have a performer's contract because I know she just wrestled not that long ago. Okay, so like my co-producer on the Luna doc, he did the Vampiro doc. Cobra Kai did the rest. So, you know, Cobra would say it's all him. Yeah. (laughs) He works pretty hard. So that's great. And then how many seats does that uh, arena hold? Because that's got to be the biggest show for WrestleCore, right? Yeah, I think it's like over 2,000. Oh, wait, 9, huh, sorry? How many seats in Rogers? Yeah. Uh, 9,000. Oh, 9,000. I was way off. Yeah. Wow. Big. That's a big one. And um, obviously you're going to sell it out. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys going to fly up for it? I mean, I've already got my booties on. and. <laughs> Why not? I'm going. Canada is great in January. Party. <laughs> yeah, I rented a moose already. I just need a Timmy Timmy or a Timmy's double double. That's what I need. Ooh, I can, I can arrange that for you. Thank you. And then, um, what else do you have going on? Like right now, uh, that you are excited about moving into the new year. Well, moving into the new year, you know, I'm, continuing to work on my lunatic documentary i'm um i've been sick a lot so i haven't been able to train but i really want to get back into training um and just kind of getting back like into better shape um that's kind of what i have on my plate for the rest of this month till the new year i like that i like that um you know it's I think I think 2023 is going to be everyone's year. You know, hopefully you don't get sick anymore. Hopefully yeah. Cobra Kai gives you, uh, you know, some acknowledgement for Trish Stratus in the next year. <laughs> well, hopefully she'll do an interview for the documentary. Trish, if you're listening, because cool. I know Trish listens to this podcast all the time, I'm sure. Every single time she writes us. She better. The personal emails. She'd be crazy not to. So if you're listening to me, I want to interview you too. (laughs) Yeah. And then um, do you have any other films coming up that you uh, are going to be making or? Yeah, I have a couple others in development right now, like a feature drama and another documentary. So um, just working on getting financing together for those films. Well, that's great. And then oh. where can people find you? Um, let's get those deets. Yeah. Okay. So uh, on Instagram, Cal- Calamity Kate Showgirl, Calamity with a C. Facebook, Calamity Kate. Um, Twitter, Miss Calamity Kate, MS Calamity Kate. Um, TikTok. I have like nine followers. So if you want to be like my 10th follower, I would really appreciate it. Calamity Kate. What do we win? <laughs> you win TikTok <laughs> videos for life. Oh, man. 
That's a good deal. Oh. <laughs> He's going over. Hey, what's up, buddy? Yeah, little guy is definitely a future wrestler. He's probably going to have a couple wins before he even knows how to speak. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I'd rather he become an accountant or a lawyer. Cause I oh, really come do on. Both. You don't want to. You don't. Oh, his aunt <laughs> might have an idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. He could work for her in accounting. <laughs> <laughs> I loved when we asked her, we're like, so where did the accounting thing come from? And she's like, I don't know. I just needed a gimmick. I'm like, so you weren't actually an accountant? No. <laughs> I was so disappointed. Teacher. I was so Why don't you do a teacher gimmick? She could add anything. I know. <laughs> she could have been tearing from banking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Taryn from Timmy's. <laughs> yeah. The alliteration factor would have been perfect. TT, yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah, but um, is there anything you want to ask us? Um, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on here. Um, you guys are so genuine and adorable and sweet and you know you just Aww. make me feel so comfortable so i appreciate it thank you that actually means a lot um you know this has been a big year for both dan and i uh because we started well we were hired on for the podcast a couple four four or five months ago okay yeah. so just uh growing together as a host and co-host friend and best friends you know i mean it feels good man you know it's been uh can't wait till 2023 well i yeah. can't wait to, to hear what you guys do next well we'll have to have you back on so we can talk about your uh luna documentary after it releases that'd be amazing and i i won't be sick so i'll be a bit more witty thank you for toughing it out tonight with this thank you, you. Know, like really we appreciate it um thanks so much for having me um i wish you guys a really good night all right, you likewise. Well. Thank you. Okay. So for PWW Talks, I'm John. Danny, got any last words? Well, good night, good fight. <laughs> good night, good fight. Ariba <laughs>